friends, it's me, Katie Ann, and your host to the Full Confidence Ahead podcast, where we go on a journey together tackling the fears of life from family relationships to finance, from careers to community and much more. I am thrilled to have with us Amanda Christensen, who is an AFC and USU Extension Associate Professor specializing in personal and family finance. Now, you guys, I wanted to start off the podcast with this because I used to have this big fear of finance and that fear turned to confidence through getting educated about finances. And so um, Amanda, she oversees the statewide Empowering Financial Wellness grant program and is the editor of the Utah Money Moms website and social media platforms. She is the perfect person because daily she teaches women real life money smarts. So Amanda also regularly contributes her personal finance knowledge to the local TV and radio segments. And she was recently the recipient of the 2020 Innovator Award from USU Extension. Amanda, we are thrilled to have you on the show today, especially because of your expertise in finances and also just being a proponent of positivity for women. So I want you just to start us off with our episode with how did you even get involved with finances in the first place? Oh, thanks, Katie, for having me. I appreciate that. Um, I I was involved at kind of a young age, honestly, with personal finance, my um I had experiences growing up where I knew that personal finance was a tricky area for my parents. And I thought, Ooh, I just don't want that for me. So, you know, growing up and getting into, into college and figuring out what I wanted to study. Um, I came across an opportunity to study, to do some research about what happily married couples were doing with their finances And that pulled me right in. Like, I mean, that was just the epitome of everything I would hope to learn and know about, about money. So, um, and then, you know, we're, I I was married at, at 26 and at that point I was done with school and was started into my career. My husband and I both worked full time. So we automated our bills and our savings and our investments, and we could kind of spend what we wanted to spend in a month after that. I mean, we were both working full time and didn't really have other major expenses. So within reason, we could spend what we wanted to spend. And it wasn't until we were faced with tens of thousands of dollars in infertility debt that we felt crunch and, oh, this is what this feels like, this is what it means. It was, it wasn't unexpected. We knew it was coming, but it was sudden. So it was ready or not scramble at take action, you know, kind of things. So, you know, that financial empowerment has sort of changed over time for me. And, and now looking back at that time, feeling really grateful for those experiences and wanting to share however I could to help other women feel empowered to make good decisions about money. Your story is so beautiful. And part of it I love because it's kind of that old saying of you can either touch the stove or you can watch someone touch the stove to learn that it's hot, right? And that's how I feel like with your financial story of you kind of watched your parents touch the stove. And sometimes we think that we need a negative experience with money to learn how to use it right. But I think we can also start with positive experiences. What do you think about that? Oh, absolutely. Yeah, there's so much information out there about what works and what doesn't. 
And it's mostly finding what works for you because there's just not one right way to do things like budgeting, for example. There's a lot of right ways to budget, but what works for you and what works for me may be very different. I love that you said that right there is there's not one way to budget because as I've had discussions with people, a lot of times the misconception is, oh, I'm not budgeting the right way, but they're budgeting. And so there is no necessarily one right way. There's principles that we can apply, but we can use different charts. We can use different ways, but there are solid principles. And I love that. So do you want to actually just kind of touch on some principles, some basics for budgeting, things that everyone should apply? No right way, but some principles that can help us. Sure. Well, one of the key considerations when it comes to budgeting that it's going to sound oversimple, but we'd you know, be surprised how many people don't know how much money comes in in a month total. What's my income flow look like? And then uh, at the opposite end of that is what money leaves my account every month? Where are my expenses? And income and expenses, totaling those up and owning those is the very first step. That's where we have to start with budgeting. And um, like I, I mentioned before, when I was newly married and still to this day, I, you know, I automate my utility payment and I automate my mortgage payment and I automate as a, into a couple different savings accounts every month. And that can get, um, so automating is absolutely, it's, it's, it's a solid principle, but what happens then with the money that's left over is that sometimes that's just looked at as free money, like money that I can spend and do whatever with. And to an extent, that's true, but um, it's a good, better, best situation. So once you have expenses and income figured out, I highly recommend that people create what I like to call a personal allowance, money they can spend every month within their budget so it's something they can afford that's money they can spend on whatever they want whenever they want and if there's a spouse or a partner involved we're not asking permission to spend that money we're not worried about what other people think about how we spend that money and that little bit that's our own really helps us stay on track with the other aspects of budgeting that that could really be harmful if we didn't if we you know we can't miss a utility payment or a cell phone payment, right? Or a rent payment. Um, so if those things are settled and accounted for in our budgeting, and then we give ourselves a pot of spending money, um, that's really critical for people. So, so those are some things I would say, while there's not one right way to budget, you've got to know your expenses and your income, and you've got to give yourself a personal spending allowance as well. I think those are three perfect things to start with, especially for someone who feels just overwhelmed with budgeting. Because I remember, I remember being in that boat thinking, oh my goodness, how do I even start? And I think you just gave us some specific tools, basically writing down your income, writing down what's coming out, what you're spending on, and then having some, some money just for you. Those three things are the very basic steps to getting us on the right path. And you said something that I love and you said, own it. 
and that was with your income and with your expenses, you said, own it. And I love that because sometimes <laughs> I think we've all been there where we've like spent money. And we're like, oh, but maybe if I just put it on next month or, you know, you kind of try to make it work here and there. But if you own it, say, you know what, this is what I spend. And also owning what you, what you bring in. Cause right. that as well is sometimes hard to be like owning either how much or how little, whatever it is, right. but saying like, I, I worked hard, I'm owning it. And I'm also going to own my expenses that that sense of responsibility actually is probably the most powerful tool we have in our budgets that's really well said i mean most of experts say personal finance is about 80 percent. it's 20 percent in the numbers right being able to do some math <laughs> it's 80 percent behavioral wow that's that's big deal like that's big. a big deal yeah, it is. It's a big deal. So if you say to yourself, I'm not good with money or my parents weren't good with money, I didn't have a good example, whatever. It's OK. It's not you know, it's a lot of that is actually behavioral, which can can be fairly easily um, altered and, and changed and adjusted. Um, not that it's it's not always easy, but. I love that 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 quote right that that statement of eighty percent behavior and twenty percent numbers gives me a lot of hope because I'm I'm someone who loves finances I'm a woman who loves finances but I didn't I didn't take any official courses in university or in college I didn't graduate in finances but I love that because sometimes finances finances can be intimidating however when you remember eighty percent is strictly behavior and then 20% is that other knowledge, then I can actually apply the behavior that that I have in my everyday life. Like I already know how to, for example, I know to have responsibility over the work I turn in with my homework. And that responsibility can be applied to budgeting. So the positive traits and behavior we already have can kind of already go over into this. And yes. That, that to me is beautiful because I just want you to kind of talk about this transition for women because a lot of times it is so intimidating for women to get into the financial scene purely for the fact that for decades we have been left out of the conversation. And I, I remember learning that Ruth Bader Ginsburg, it wasn't until the 70s that women could even be per se, fiscally responsible when we could have our own credit cards and bank accounts. Mm -hmm. So we're in the very first generations of women being born into financial capability. So of course we're out of the conversations until now. So it's overwhelming. So how, as a woman who I sometimes am overwhelmed by finances, how do I even start into this world? Well, I think there's two areas I've already mentioned one, and that's a personal allowance is giving ourselves permission within our budget and what's affordable to spend, to express ourselves that way. Not all women are spenders, but, um, you know, being able, spending is a love language for a lot of women. Uh, spending can be very fulfilling. You know, we say, We've heard money can't buy happiness, but it can buy me an ice cold diet Coke with lime and a sugar cookie. And I'll tell you what, that makes me happy on a Friday afternoon, my dear. So yes. um, this is why, right? The roots in just that freedom of expression in that way with money, money that you work really hard for should be yours to spend 
within reason such that it doesn't cripple you down the road financially. So that's, I've already discussed that personal allowance. I've already talked about that one. That's a big one for women. Um, most of us, as you mentioned, didn't learn about money and to make matters worse, it's sort of taboo to talk about it. Right? Oh yeah. Um, That's it's totally is, which we want to break that. <laughs> yeah. And, and we're talkers and we, we like to relate and talk, but here's the one thing we're probably not talking about with our girlfriends, right. Is, is this money. And even, even, you know, as we transition into 25% of newlyweds don't know how much their partner earns and 5% of couples have bank accounts that their partner doesn't know about. Wow. So, that's huge. So this is a big one. So this financial, uh, infidelity can happen and women are, you know, women, women maybe are experiencing this or, or, you know, what this is kind of feels like, but, um, let's focus on the positive, right? So we know that money can sort of wreak havoc on relationships or can make us feel like we're not good enough for whatever reason. But the other, so the personal allowance really helps with that. The other area is, is debt. And we all experience debt. If you're a student, you likely have debt. Um, you know, we say a lot about good debt and bad debt in personal finance. So, you know, student loans for the purpose of getting an education, we would consider that good debt, but can you, be frivolous within those student loans and take out more than you need. Yes. I mean, there's, there's always that, but, but debt, debt is um, good debt and bad debt is something that I think women need to be aware of and, and, and know that um, a credit card is an extension of our budget. It's just not it. You know, we, what we charge on a card, we need to have the ability to pay back. And if we're buying something because we can't afford to pay for it all at once, if we're going into debt to purchase something, um, you know, there better be a pretty good reason for that purchase. I, I can remember buying a laptop for school with a credit card. Now, the credit card, though, had 12 months, zero interest, right? So, so I paid the card over those 12 months as if it was a, a loan, essentially, right? Paid it off and never paid a dime of interest and and I had enough self-discipline to only buy the laptop, right? And not continue spending. So there are opportunities to use debt to, to your benefit and to sort of get ahead and, and be smart. And then it's easy, though, to justify debt for women. So um, learning more about facing, you know, what debt you currently have and where, where is it? Where does it exist in student loans or, or credit cards or uh, a car loan or wherever it exists? And taking into consideration every time you consider taking on more debt, um, what are you, there's opportunity cost every time we spend. And women are going to be really good at honing in on this, this concept of opportunity cost. So what I pay for now, what I spend now, what I buy now there, I am giving up something in the future to be able to do that because my $5 spent today is $5 I don't have tomorrow. So if I can get an, a debt picked, a picture of all of, all of my debts and hopefully then maybe be a little less inclined to continue to go into debt for things um, because I have a, something I, that, I'm, that matters more to me 
in the future. Uh, and I think having a big picture of your entire, of your debt situation helps with that. If I don't ever own it and look at it and say, okay, I am currently $32,000 in debt when it comes to my student loans and my car and, and a credit card. What I am, what I'm, what am I giving up in the future? Because I now have these payments that I'm committed to. Maybe even a better question is what if I didn't have these payments that I was committed to? What if I didn't have this debt? What could I be stock, you know, stocking away money for? What vacation would I really like to go on? What other financial goals do I have? Um, and those are some of the questions I think are important for women to um, ask themselves and sort of own up to so that the day-to-day -day decisions are influenced by big picture decisions. I love that you just gave a vision to women and how to start. And also that you, you told us that women tend to have this extra strength and that's this is idea of having a bigger perspective so why not use your strengths and apply it to money something that's inherently tends to just come with us and so use this idea of being able to see the bigger picture and applying it to money i i love that idea and those questions that you asked especially okay if i wasn't in debt what could i be doing i think that helps you filter out okay am i is this a smart good debt or is this not when I have that perspective? That's a good question I'm going to be carrying around with me. And this idea that you come back to of owning it, it's okay to own and be like, you know what? I am blank dollars in debt. And you know what? I'm earning this much. That taking of responsibility is so important to managing your finances. And actually, I think it gives you this confidence when you do even if you're saying I know how much debt I'm in it gives you control over how much you're paying towards it and it's less scary owning up to your debt than it is to let it go and accumulate interest right right uh, yeah yeah absolutely it's kind of this controversial idea almost of the owning up to your debt or the owning up to your finances is actually the thing that gives you as much control as possible. And that confidence is going to start to come to you, recognizing that you are going to be able to have a plan because you've just owned up to how much you have in debt. I think that's so powerful. This is actually a great time to pause and have a moment for our sponsors because they have given me so much confidence in the financial world. I actually started this podcast because I was afraid of finances for a really long time until I took a class on how to budget and my fear changed to confidence. Utah Money Moms has continued to help my confidence grow. They provide free webinars and downloadable resources to help you understand your money personality and hone it in to make a good financial future. One of my favorite resources is their free downloadable calendars. I love the 2021 calendar because it gave me small, doable financial goals each month. So head on over to utahmoneymoms.com or utahmoneymoms on Instagram to download their 2022 finance calendar and start your journey of finances with confidence. Again, that's utahmoneymoms.com or utahmoneymoms on Instagram. Yeah. And if anybody listening feels like, I'd really like a little more to feel like I'm in more control over my money than I am. I, as a, the, as a financial counselor, if someone said that to me, my response would be that technology has just sort of completely changed our relationship with money. So we can successfully disengage with it, essentially, right? You hop wow. in and out of an Uber without 
showing a credit card even. You, you click check out on your Amazon cart with one click and you've spent money. You know, I can swipe up or follow a link on Instagram and, and, and it takes me, you know, right where I want to go without much effort. Right. So we, we are really, it's really easy to sort of disengage with how much we're actually spending. I'd never considered that. That's huge. Like this is a huge concept. It's big. So the antidote that I would give for women specifically is, um, to take some cash out in a week or, you know, this is the cash I have for the next two weeks. Cause you don't want to be carrying around tons of cash for, you know, but, but take some cash out and start now. Just try this, take, take enough cash for your personal spending for the next two weeks. Maybe that's for food you're going to purchase when you're out and about, uh, for, for your, you know, that personal allowance I was talking about earlier Take it out and carry it around with you and commit to only spending cash for two weeks and watch what that does to the mental process of deciding to spend money. You'll be shocked because give it, for most of most of us would say that handing over cash feels a little more, you know, it hurts a little more than for swiping sure. a card. Oh, right? for sure. This is interesting. I love this. So carry some cash and when it's gone, it's gone. But you'll find you can also, if you're really into this, keep a spending diary, right? Like write down in your phone or on a piece of paper, on a calendar, however you'd like, just write down what you spent that day. And I can go back over a week's time and I can say, ooh, this purchase brought me joy. This purchase didn't. Uh, and, and then I can really assess, you know, spending with cash and keeping a journal of those expenses and then going back and seeing and noticing how did I feel when I spent this money? Do I have regret, buyer's remorse at all about anything I spent on this week and what brought me joy? Let's do more of what brings us joy with our money and reconnect to our spending, right? As women and that that really helps us, I think, stay out of the debt trap and um, be more intentional about our spending. Okay, I'm loving this idea because the two things of reconnecting with your money and having joy through spending, because sometimes I think for women, we hear this word budget and it's big, it's scary, but the reality is your budget is permission to spend. And the whole purpose of having money is to help you have joy, but we need to reconnect with money. I hadn't even thought about that, but you're right. I have on Amazon, I have my card in there on my phone. You're right on Uber. There are so many times I spend money where I'm not even associating with a card, let alone cash. Like I'm not even seeing the money. Um, and I didn't even think about probably psychologically how much I'm disassociating with what I'm spending. That's fascinating to me. And when I'm spending, well, shouldn't that be a joyful experience? Like the whole purpose of money is to help you, right? Money can't buy happiness, but there's also, is it can help you put yourself in the right opportunities and situations 
to find your best happiness. And we want people to be empowered by their money, not to be scared of it, but money is something that can be good. So I love this idea of your spending journal and going back and having, looking through what is making you joyful when you spend. I'm going to go back and do that and be like, okay, what was I joyful? What and look at what gave me buyer's remorse because I have definitely been there. <laughs> I think we all have. Yeah, this is a fun thing. I don't know that keeping a journal of everything you spend your money on for the rest of your life sounds really fun to people, but if you'll do that for a month, if you'll just do that for two weeks to a month and then revisit that spending and put a feeling next to that spending. Did this make me feel wow. joy or did this make me feel empty or just the same or was this you know beneficial or not I think it's really powerful that is so powerful because we want people to live feel like they're living their best life and a huge part of that is finances because you either have a choice every day basically to have finances to be a major stress and fear or to be something that pushes you into the positive so I think going back and evaluating yourself actually can help you in the long run, noticing the things that give you joy as you purchase, then you can do more of those joyful things. So I love your idea of reconnecting with money and finding joy. What are other ways we can find joy through money and joy through spending and joy through doing finances? Well, perhaps one mindset shift that women could really use is to add yet to the end of some of the things we say about ourselves and with regards to managing money. So if you find yourself saying something like, I do not know how to manage my money, just add yet. I do not know how to manage my money yet. I I am, you know, that, that sort of gives us the reminder that we're not stuck. We're not stuck where we are, that, yet that now that may be how we feel now but it can it doesn't have to be how we feel um, even tomorrow we can take steps to empower ourselves to do better and be better when it comes to this money management thing so that's that's something a money mantra something you say to yourself i am good with money or i have what i need or what I have is enough. You know, those kind of mantras when we feel anxious about money or concerned about the future, um, some deep breaths and repeating some of those things to ourselves, that's really powerful stuff as well. That is so powerful because I, I believe truly of what we what who we are starts with our thoughts and our thoughts turn into actions and it turns into really who we are. So if we could just change our money conversation in our minds, then how much more powerful would that be with our money control and our just our connection, that reconnection, that that joyful ability with money. And I love that too. If you're feeling down on yourself, add the word yet. And I would say this could this can be in money or this can just be in life. I'm gonna start applying it every time of saying, okay, for example, we could just go back to this idea of debt. We could say, I'm not good at managing debt yet. But you're giving yourself opportunity to tomorrow be good at it or in 10 minutes, be good at it. You're not closing yourself off and defining yourself. That idea of yet is actually allowing yourself to grow. Yes. So I can't start saving yet. 
I don't know how to invest yet. I'm not good at this whole money thing yet. I don't know how I'll ever pay off my student loans yet, right? Being responsible with money doesn't work for me yet, right? It's kind of, it's just really powerful to own how you feel right now today. And it realistically, people may say or feel they cannot start saving. That may be a real feeling. We do not want to tell them as financial educators, we don't want to say you're wrong. I mean, we can't, we have to validate the feeling. It certainly may, it's reality for some to feel that way. So adding yet just reminds us that we have the power to change the future. This is so powerful because you're validating how you feel. You know what? If you feel like you can't do it right now, just say like, okay, I'm going to own that feeling. But adding yet onto it is giving this beautiful future to yourself. I wish I would have known this about two and a half years ago, starting my budget, because I, for so many years, probably five years in a row, told myself, I can't budget. I can't budget. And if I would have just said that word yet on there, I would have pushed myself without in this space because I I was scared pretty terrified of finances for a very long time and that would have just helped me dissipate this fear and understand that I have a positive future and and it has turned out to be a positive financial future that I'm so grateful for but if I just hadn't attached on that yet way back then then I would have taken off so much pressure off myself and I think that also if I just added that yet I would have believed in myself more just saying, you know what, I'm owning what I'm feeling now, but I also believe in myself in the future. And that is so powerful. Yes. So powerful. I love what you've taught us, these basic principles. I kind of want to just reiterate as we're as we're going back on this conversation. So for women who who are starting into finances or who feel like they're not good at finances yet. <laughs> here's right. some things yeah. girl. right there we go we're applying it right now here's just this podcast was meant for you today to to help you understand just some very basic things that big word of budgeting even though that's giving yourself freedom and permission to spend we're breaking it down into those steps that I'm going to just review you talked about owning it owning your income Just say, yes, I worked hard for this. I am owning that. Then also owning your expenses. It is okay to spend money. And when we own it, then we can control it. And then I loved what you talked about, both associating ourselves again with money as writing it down and actually holding money again, because I had no idea how much I had disassociated myself with money. Thinking now, I'm thinking about all the accounts that I just have my card on there, uh, that I don't even touch that card, and writing down your emotions with money. That to me is something novel because money is supposed to bring you joy. This is something that's supposed to help you not buy happiness, but put yourself in a happy, happy opportunity that you can find a better atmosphere of happiness. And I I love how you recounted that. And then this word, this big word, yet. I'm just astounded by this word, yet. That was so novel to me as we had our conversation. What other, is is there like a one-liner you would give to women who are who want to start today, but are feeling a little bit overwhelmed now that they've heard your advice, they have some steps to go. Do you have just a one liner of encouragement for them? Well, that's a great question. It probably dovetails into a piece of advice I would give my younger self. Is that okay? 
That's perfect. That's our always what we ask at the end of our podcast. That's perfect. You can you wanna, combine those ask, things together. Yeah. Do you want to ask that instead, or do you want me to? Yeah. Well, let's just um, combine it. So for our listeners, we always ask at the end of our podcast of what advice would you give to your younger self to give yourself more confidence. So kind of address these women, and what advice would you have give your younger self? I love this question. It's hard to narrow down one thing, but if I had to, I would say what other people think about you is none of your business. I can't credit who said that. I've heard it in multiple spheres from multiple folks, but what other people think about you is none of your business. I think that women struggle at some point in our lives. We struggle with worrying too much about what other people think of us. And uh, growing up, I certainly felt that need to fit in in many different spheres and groups of people I was involved with. And looking back, I think that was just an intent to relate. And, you know, but, but really what that tends to do is the real you can fade into the background sometimes such that you're, who is the real me and what do, what do I really enjoy spending my money on? That's a question some people have a hard time answering, believe it or not. So what other people think of your spending decisions, what other people think of how you, how you budget or how you approach money is none of your business. You just need to worry about yourself and, and making sure you have the joy that comes from using your money wisely. And I think in my 30s, I'm still learning. I'm better, but I'm still learning to be sort of what they say, that unapologetically authentic me who is kind and considerate, but who definitely quirks and all sort of lays it out there on the table, no matter who I'm with. And um, that's probably the lesson I wish I would have learned a lot earlier. Um, You know, what people think about me is none of my business. So they can think what they want. I'm going to continue to make the decisions related to, to my finances that are best for me because I'm really the only one who has the complete picture. Nobody else does. So it's I am empowered to do what's right for me and um, not worry about what someone else might or might not say about that. And when we can apply that and really move forward, authentically ourselves and aware, no longer in denial maybe about money, but aware of it and armed with some of these tools we've talked about today to move forward and go and do. I think that's really valuable lesson. I wish I wish I would have caught on to a little sooner in life. I love that advice. And especially when you said you are the only one with the whole picture. And I love that. And that applies to spending money. And that just applies to your life is that trust you, you've got a plan for you, you've got the whole picture of you, and you know what's best to do with your money or you, 
if you don't know now, that's a yet statement. I don't know yet what I should be doing with my money, but with these principles, you will, and you have the whole picture of your life so you can create that best future for you. I am just thrilled of all those pieces of tangible advice. I feel like I had some very tangible things. That big budget word is huge, but you gave me small tangible things to walk away with today. And that most powerful one I feel like is that word yet. And I'm so grateful to be walking away with this application, both in money and in my life. So thank you for joining us on the Full Confidence Ahead podcast. We are so grateful for what you've given to me and to our listeners today. Oh, you're very welcome. It's a pleasure to be invited. This is a wonderful thing to be talking about and I enjoy sharing. So thank you so much. I think a lot of times the feeling of fear comes from a lack of control in our lives. And our sponsor, PowerPay, is offering a money master course that's normally $40 for free to all Full Confidence Ahead podcast listeners so you can take control of your finances this year. The course is video-based and gives you real-life money smarts. So to claim your course, go to extensioncourses.usu.edu slash Pal, which is K-A-T-I-E-A-N-N-P-O-W-E-L-L, and it'll automatically add the money master course to your cart and you just click checkout and you'll get it for free. You can also access your course by going to extensioncourses.usu.edu and finding the Money Master course under the finance category, then using the code KATIEANN, K-A-T-I-E-A-N-N, with no spaces, to claim your $40 discount and free course at checkout. So let's master our money together. Thanks for listening in on the Full Confidence Ahead podcast. Weekly on Tuesdays, we'll continue our journey of confidence together through new interviews and insights. Make sure to hit the subscribe button to stay up to date on the latest conversations and confidence boosts. And by the way, you got this because you deserve to live life full confidence ahead. See you next week.